and welcome to the Empire Dynasty League podcast. We are back again, coming to you on a nice sunny Saturday morning. Joined as always by Christopher Keane. How are you? Very, very good, Benjamin. I've just finished watching the third quarter again, so I'm in a good mood. I'm up and about. Uh, Hod, how you going, mate? Well, I have not been watching anything to do with the granny, and I am flying as well. It's uh, We're a quarter of the way through the season already, boys. It's um, good times. Good times ahead. That's it. And uh, like you said, quarter of the way through the season, so just like Candy's Pants, there's a fair bit of movement, like after that D's grand final that has been happening here. So let's move on to and start with, which is a fair chunk of our show today, some news Every newsman in this city is laughing at us, and I don't like it. And I'll throw it over to our resident newsman, Hod, uh, to kick it off with some injuries. I'm still fascinated by how I've uh, come to this little role. It I used, just, to, be your, you've used got, to be your gig, Ben, but you, now you've become Mr. Worldwide and all famous and I just whatnot. felt like you've, you had a real Tom Brown presence about you, and I just thought, who better to deliver the news on this pod than you? No, my I put a lot of thought into my notes, as you'll see later today. Uh, I'm definitely not brownie. But um, there's nothing <laughs> on the trades front. But injuries, have a look at this list. Oh, boy. I've even, I've even ordered them in probability of playing. So we'll start with the good news. Uh, Zeke looks like he'll play with a knee. Hawkinson with a nagging injury. Not sure what it is. It's uh, very mysterious, but we'll... Uh, We'll go uh, go with probable. Yeah, he's probable. Notable questionables this week: DeAndre Swift, oh, groin. Notable questionables. Oh, what a tag! Oh, no, yes. Should 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 sleeper incorporate that? Uh, incorporate that into their into their system. A notable questionable. That would be amazing. Like yeah, um, sounds like some sort of sponsor we could chuck in later, which has just pricked my ears. Did you get a sponsor this week? Yeah, we've I got think- one. I think one one came in pretty late. Um, DeAndre Swift, groin. I think he was carrying that earlier in the preseason. He hasn't been affected because he's been playing very well, but just one to watch there. Amari Cooper, Ben, hamstring. Um, Delvin Cook, ankle. And your boy, Joe Mixon. Uh, We said he shook the shackles of the DFF, but here he pops up again with uh, an injury. Uh, But he's going to practice Saturday and determine his game status. So hopefully he gets up. And this one's an interesting one. Antonio Gibson, stress fracture in the shin. Now, stress fractures are not something that you typically try and push through because they become a chronic injury. So this is be uh, one to watch for Matt. I don't know why he would be playing if it is indeed a stress fracture. It would be rest for a few weeks. So watch that space with Antonio uh, we'll move to the doubtful category, Ben. This is not a good one. George Kittle, he's been pretty underwhelming this year because Debo's flying uh, with a calf. This is one to... Well, he's been downgraded just recently. He was questionable all week, um, so not looking good there. And CMC, another one who practiced this week, uh, but is doubtful. He did this a lot last year. Mm. I know there were different injuries, but he did practice a lot and then just didn't play. It was very weird. Um, let's not, hope that's not the case again this year for Timos. Um, the notable outs, Jimmy G. It's not really notable because it's a calf and it's just Jimmy G, but in comes Trey Lance. This is one to watch. Um, 
Russell Wilson, we saw that last night. This could be a bad one. Um, mallet finger, they call it. And this could be a three to eight week uh, injury, depending on how long he has to be in that splint for. Uh, for some reason, we like to lump these Giants receivers because probably individually they're not worth a mention, but together, boy, oh boy, Slayton and Shepard, uh, they're still out. I don't even know what the injury is, but we'll move on. Hamstrings, both. Hamstring. Both strings. Both Speaking strings. of strings, Julio didn't get up, uh, the old man. He's uh, still out, and Gronk Rib's still out, and Monty. This is a yeah, significant been... one because he has been flying this season. And uh, that's Those... a knee. And it... Yeah, the positive there is it looked like it was a season-ending ACL when it, it happened. Did. It did. It wasn't good, but six weeks for that one, hopefully. Mm. Uh, that's Scoot, yeah? Yep. yep. I remember who these players are owned by. Um, positive news, returning players. Claypool, he comes back from a minor hammy. Uh, AJ Brown, Keeney. That was uh, that was one that was uh, a bit dubious when he first announced it a couple of weeks ago, but uh, he's back. That's probably the age difference there and healing powers for AJ Brown and Teddy Two Gloves back from concussion here. And uh, now this one here, Calvin Ridley, another really disappointing for what we expected this year and. He didn't make the trip to London. Now, off air before, I'm a bit suspicious of this one. Uh, I just don't know whether this is anything to do with COVID or it does say personal matter, but we just never know with teams and revealing situations around COVID and vaccinations. So that was an interesting one, I thought, because it was surprising. But they are the big list of injuries this week, fellas. That is a whole lot. An interesting little... uh... I like that bit of insight there for Calvin Ridley. Didn't even cross my mind, but who knows with everything going on with people's beliefs on vaccinations and traveling and whether you've got to be fully vaccinated all that. So interesting little, oh, that nugget there. They see it's really Tom Brown-like of you, Hod. See, that's where it you is. are. Okay. I was going to say, I've never heard of a, of, of a Ryan finger that Russell Wilson's got, but um, that's <laughs> uh, it's very, very interesting and I appreciate your expertise in that matter. Absolutely. Yeah, thanks, boys. Let's move on to some Eliminator Pool Talk. <laughs> dala, dala. So we've got still six teams left now, which does mean, uh, based on that, we did lose one team over last week. So it's probably appropriate that we start with this song. And that is, unfortunately, Jake's team went down. And who, who did he pick? Do you remember, Keeney, whose team he selected to win last week? Uh, was it you? It might have been me. Yeah, sorry about that, Jake. Ooh, he uh, he sent me a salty message, and all I had to say was sozzle. Um, sozzle tough. So, Jake is out. We're down from seven to six now in our eliminated pool. Sorry, i got too much shit going on right here trying to fucking nah, play sounds. I've, I've and... done some quick, I've done go, some give quick us some, maths, actually. Go, give us some quick maths. No, I was just going to say, I've done some quick maths, and it, um, I think we're down to half the league. So that's good. We're down to six. Good quick is, maths um, that you've done there. Very, very good. And I can I can inform everyone the remaining league members uh, that are still in the competition. We've got Papa Thais Hod, your good self, still in it. Timos Steph, the DFF, and another podcast member, Benny Boy. So six to go. 
six to go. Up, I think. And I think this week, I mean, there could be some chance that more get eliminated. We've got a bit of a spread this week in terms of who people are on, so it wasn't as condensed as last week. Two people have backed in the Prestige Worldwide. Two people have backed yourself in, Keeney, with the Grouse. One person has backed in the San Diego Demons, and I can confirm... I've decided to back myself in this week because if I'm not good enough to beat the DFF, I'm not good enough to be in the eliminator pool as far as I'm concerned. So uh, that is the spread of teams that we've got for that $100 that's still on the line. And now we will move to Saquon Watch where we are tracking all of the Saquon scoring for 2021. And with Saquon Watch coming up, that uh, I, I can report, I can officially report, he has moved up. He's going up. He's going in the right direction for Papa in his bed. He's going in the wrong direction for you, Keeney. He's moved up from 25 to 13. And I've done some quick maths. I can confirm that is 12 spots he has increased by. Uh, he's only 0.7 points outside of the top 10. But that doesn't matter because it's a top 5 bet. So just to let you know, Keeney, he is 10.4 points away from... Old Zeke sitting there at number five. So how are you feeling, mate? Well, no, I'm feeling okay still. I mean, the thing is he has looked very good, so I'm willing to admit that. Um, he's probably looked more good in the passing game, hasn't yep. he? 54-yard touchdown, receiving touchdown, definitely helped him out last week. Um, Absolutely. But I think, I think look, for the, it's, good, it's great for Saquon that he's looking like he's returning to full health. I th- still think he's got a fair bit to do to get to the top five, but might be a tasty little bet that comes down to the wire. So it'd be good for the league to to track this, and no doubt Saquon Watch will get a fair bit of airtime every week. Well, the more gooder he looks, Keeney, the more your sphincter tightens, I think. <laughs> Did I say gooder? He said more good. More good. Like it. Um, oh, yeah. oh, well. I'm looking forward. I, I often get a message from Papa just reminding me of, of where he's sitting in the rankings. He just wants Saquon Watch to appear frequently on the pod. What was that? I heard something, then I saw something. You didn't hear anything, man. And to kick off our weekly reviews, Keeney, I think you're up with the first game. Yeah, sounds good. We'll just uh, rip through a few weekly reviews here. We've got the first game up was uh, Prestige Worldwide, 149, getting it done over the Gym City Stallions, 132. But I tell you what, this one was a little bit tight, more, or well, it was a little tighter than I think we all expected here. Jim uh, put up a good showing. Um, he did note that um, he wasn't going to knock Thais off on the week of his birthday, but in brackets said he's a prick. So a um, bit of a bit of a slap to the face there for Thais, but um, congratulated him all the same. I like the the nickname we've come up here with uh, Patterson from the, the Falcons. Jim's calling him Cordial Patterson, so I do <laughs> like that one. Um, and he has noted that he could be the waiver wire pickup of the year. Got him for $0, I believe, off waivers. So that's an absolute ripper. Which flavour Cordial, boys? <laughs> oh, it's got to be li- lime cooler, doesn't it? I thought in red he'd have to have some sort of raspberry sort of setup. Or raspberries. What about yeah. schnozberries? <laughs> <laughs> um, a couple of other ones. I reckon this one's pretty notable. Jalen Hurts, he's QB5 on the season. I reckon we talked about him last week, but mm. he's posted 20-plus uh, points every week this year. Um, and he's just been so consistent for Jimmer. So I think, Ben, you're involved in a trade there with him, but he's been excellent. Um, hopefully he maintains his job for next year, but... 
And if if the um, if the Gym City Stallions can get to the playoffs in a pretty weak division, as we know, he has got a very very favourable playoff schedule. So if Jim can get there, he could he could uh, create a bit of noise. You, know, you just made an interesting point. Uh, hopefully, he can hold on to the job. There there is definitely no correlation with fantasy and production in the NFL keeping your job because there are reports still in Philly how they're not sure on him yet he's posting huge numbers for fantasy so it's just an interesting one to watch and Philly are a very hostile um, organization I think I think more so with the fans their fans are ruthless they were booing on the weekend um, they just boo anytime they against do something the wrong uh, against the Chiefs yeah yeah, yeah. I mean um, that, and that was part of the reason of me putting him in the trade, I couldn't trust what his status was there. I knew he clearly last year in his short, uh, in his small sample size, you could see what his upside was. But like you said, Hod, you just don't know uh, what Philly's going to do and whether they're going to react to the crowd who seemingly boo anyone that doesn't um, put up astronomical numbers. So, yeah. Yeah. And I think it's a pretty good point. And ironically, um, the backup in Philly is in a similar situation, having a really good fantasy year last year. And I talk of Gardner Minshew, but um, in real life, maybe not so much. Like um, I know Matt's hoping he can find a starting job somewhere, but um, cause he's, cause he can be a valuable fantasy asset. So yeah, you're, you're spot on with the, with the difference between real life and fantasy there. Um, Thais's contribution to what he took out of this matchup was an explicit warning here, Ben. But uh, Cordial Patterson, three TDs on 30% of the snaps. Get f- him. I was on to that one. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> and, uh, and just another takeaway. It was definitely vegetarian week this week. Uh, CD Lamb, not, nowhere to be seen. So a very, very quiet week from the, uh, the meat eater himself. Oh, I love it. Wow, we love a little zinger to finish. All right, let's get on to the second matchup and... Wow, wasn't this deflating to see? Papa's punishers were defeated by, I'll get to that, were defeated by the Bayside Executioners. We did call this Keeney last week, if we remember correctly. We picked the upset and old bum buddy Parker went for his little boy. And uh, bang, the guillotine returns. Um, I don't like saying the guillotine often because I have a vested interest in Scoot not succeeding, but this was actually enjoy. Uh, I, I did enjoy this one. Um, but haven't things returned to what we have been accustomed to over the years with our very friend Papa? The correlation between being vocal and fantasy success is a real thing, unless you are the DFF, of course, because he is the loudest 2-15 and 15 team in the history of all histories. But Papa has been awfully quiet this week after he stunk it up with a score of 105. And I I will just remind everyone that that was 21 points less than the Dingers this week. So look out. Four touchdowns Papa got from his squad uh, this past week. And let's just run through some numbers over his season when he's been awfully vocal. 12 touchdowns in week one, 15 in week two for that huge score. And then week three, nine, which is pretty... Pretty uh, solid as well. So back to the pack here, four touchdowns. And let's just get a little bit of commentary for himself because he wasn't willing to put anything up during the week. So we'll air some out. He says, my team shit the bed and it's the year of the scoot, the lucky fucker. Brady, uh, Aaron Jones, Carson Cup and fucking Kelsey. We'll get it. We'll get to this one. 
a bit later in the pod, but won't have a game like that ever again. And finally, Scoot is irrelevant. These two do not like each other. We don't need to remind anyone. And Scoot pipes back here. Anyone else surprised he got that close to the score I put up? His team is shite. <laughs> and <laughs> I'd, uh, I'd wish I could play him twice a year says Scoot if I didn't have to put up with the constant bitching moaning and crying that he does via message I think a few of us hear that on the weekly when we uh, play the punishers and lastly here not about the game this is just a little tidbit from Scoot because he's a witty old man but about the recent DFF Darnold versus Lamar comparisons I'm curious he says if the league gets a government subsidy for letting special needs people play (laughs) (laughs) We do get a lot of subsidies. The sponsors are rolling in. Um, but can anyone confirm here if that's a legit thing we can maybe claim? No, I, I just liken it to, you know, when your parents force you to have to play with your little brother because he's just got no one else to play with. That's sort of what Steph is to the league. <laughs> <laughs> Let him join in. Come on. He means well. <laughs> Don't we still do that with the DFF? Yeah, constantly. All right, let's let's move on. Next game we had was the Johnny Unitas Haircuts, a 146. Huge score for them, defeating the Humdingers with a very respectable 126 out of yourself there, Hod. So just some uh, takeaways from Manny here. He's got Brandon Bolton. He's got Bolton, maybe Michael Bolton's brother. Brandon Bolton is a league winner with a question mark, so... I see what he means there. He's put up a, uh, a very nice 8.1 at his RB2 spot. And some of you might be listening and think 8.1 is not that impressive. But when you consider the first three weeks that Manny's rolled with his RB2 was um, Booker in week one scoring 1.8, Booker in week two scoring 1.6, Freeman in week three scoring 0.8, uh, I can do some quick maths again for you, Keeney. That's a combination in the first three weeks, a total of 4.2 points. So he's just about doubled his first three weeks in output, just in one week from Bolton. So I've got a strong feeling that Bolton, I'm saying Bolton now because that's what Manny's written, <laughs> Bolton, might, um, he might just sit comfortably in that RB2 spot for the rest of the season. I reckon Manny will even roll him out during the bye just because he can guarantee at least a safe zero. Um Another point that uh, Manny's got here, just Tyreek Hill. My goodness. How did it feel, Hod, playing against Tyreek Hill last week? Oh, I love watching him. I think I think you'll get to some points later, but he is, he is absolutely absurd to watch. So um, anyone... And who, good, good fun when you have him. Yeah. Well, anyone who didn't see his stat line, he had 11 catches off 12 targets, pretty efficient, 186 yards, pretty efficient, and three TDs. Very efficient. That is ridiculous for 42.1 points. That is some absurd numbers. Now, we'll move on to Hod's takeaways from this game. And, um, you know, I think it's time to, if if you're listening, don't know where you're listening right now, maybe uh, make yourself a cup of tea, get comfortable, because Hod has written a thesis for his takeaways here. So let's. I'll try my best to uh, get through it here. So the Dingers threw all they had at the Sensible Haircuts, employing their highest output for the season of 126 points. And he'll take this opportunity to remind everyone that that was 21 more points than the Punishers put up this week. That's not fair, mate. Come on. No need to bring him into this. But it wasn't enough. Brandon Bolden looks to have defied Manny's law of RB2s and, if he truly has carved out that James White role, could throw a spanner in the works for Manny's quest for hashtag tank for 2023. 
I told you this was a thesis. That was just point one. Tyreek Hill outscored six out of the ten starting dingers collectively. He's an extraordinary player to watch. Intriguing proposition to watch whether he remains a vital cog for the haircuts for this season and beyond, or does he become expendable for a king's ransom? So what's the uh, what do we reckon is the price for someone like Tyreek Hill at the moment, especially after what he put up? Ooh, what do depends, you reckon? Uh, depends who you're talking to, I suppose. Let's say a contender, because um, realistically, yeah, contender would be one to get them up. If it's a contender, which is an interesting side note, because of and we'll get to Manny's um, misfortune with his QB situation later on in the pod, but interesting side note where where Manny's team sits at the moment. It could very well be a Tyreek Hill to a contender um, set up late in the year. I would think he should at least demand a couple of first rounders for him, even though he's a bit of an older receiver. I, I think he's. Clearly, two first-rounders, maybe a little bit more. Absolutely. Um, I, I think two early first-rounders I would mm. uh, put the price at for Tyreek, and that's in the coming year. If that if that moves down any years, I'd be looking at three or four. Mm. He's, um, he's a superstar and still entering that prime age in wide receivers, which is, is you know, 26 to 30. I think he's 27 yeah. right yeah. now. So, yeah. still got Absolutely. plenty of productive years left. All right, still going through your thesis here, Hod. One last point here. There's no coincidence You're welcome. that the dingers love a glowing tight end or two. The Higbees gracefully departed, and boy, oh boy, did the fellas step up to the table. Schultze continues to impress, sitting at tight end four of the season. Big Mo Ali Cox stepped up to be tight end three of the week. Maxi with two X's. Williams put together another strong outing in his tight and is tied in 13 on the season. My goodness, you are churning him out. And uh, earned himself a gig in the illustrious Dingers tight end group. And lastly, waiting in the wings, is the up-and-coming Harrison Bryant, who has the opportunity ahead of him when Hooper and Joku depart the Browns at the season end. So you've already called it that they're gone at the season end. Bryant just steps in. And, uh, you know, you must have a pretty good tight end coach at the Humdingers because you're uh, churning out some pretty decent scores there. But you've also, no, I don't know if any of those players can be confident to be on your list because you seem to put them up for trade every week as well. <laughs> that's, uh, no, that's just the, how the media street works at the dingers. Uh, we don't get a lot of love and rightfully so the points aren't there. But in the tight end room, they are rich. And with Maxi Williams, you mentioned two X's. Well, usually in my search bars, there's three, but we won't go into that anymore. <laughs> well, Jeez. maybe another week like this and he might become Maxi Williams with three X's. Who knows? Oh boy! Very nice. All right, Keeney. Thing, is that because you get nude when he scores a tutty? Boing! <laughs> I tell you what, a, a nice little early crystal ball there from Hod as well in the podcast. So, geez, you're welcome, everybody. That's uh, that's some lovely work. Just telling us who's uh, going to leave at the end of the year. I like that. Our next game, we have oh, talk about upsets. This was. Upset of the year, arguably. The San Diego Demons. Woo! Yep. From the Sonny Weaver Jr. division, knocking off the Park City Lions, 132 to 128. It was uh, coined as the Battle of Mahomes and Herbert. Bit of a revenge game there after that trade that went down. And I tell you, Mahomes did his part. Threw for five touchdowns in that one. We referenced three of them went to Tyreek Hill. Um, and and uh, I suppose, fittingly, it came down to... Justin Herbert at the end. I think he needed 17 in that game he against did. the Raiders. And, <laughs> and he, he, had, he was able to put up a 21 to get the job done for, for Camo. So, he had 19 um, at halftime. So 
time yeah, to put so. it the question pretty early, although he didn't do much it, in the second half. But No, yeah. a bit disappointing. But, um, yeah, got it done for, for, for Camo, which he would be over the moon about. Um, a couple of talking points for me. We spoke about Derek Henry and how they had a few wide receivers out last week. We thought it could be a, a Derek Henry game. Now, I didn't think the game script was massively in the Titans' favour for that. But, gee whiz, um, he is still, for mine, running back one by an absolute mile um, in fantasy at least. Um, they gave him 33 carries against the Jets. Um, he just it, – it doesn't seem like the workload year on year is affecting him at all. Um, and he's just a beast for fantasy. So um, I think he's already 10 or 15 points clear of number two in the running back spot. He's just absolutely uh, a freak. 19, he just keeps turning him out. Yeah, 19 points ahead. I uh, I did see the other day that he's on track to beat Larry Johnson's all-time carries record by 60. Jesus. So he's on track for in, in a year for touches, oh, sorry. Um, yeah. He's on track for 550. I think. I think the record was 480 something. So and it is a huge workload. Yeah, it's it's on the back as well. Like, so he's 27 years old. His first two seasons, he really wasn't used, um, hmm. and he definitely Chris didn't Johnson. really hit that like over the top workload until 2019. So he had 110 carries his rookie season, 176 second year, 215 his third year, and then he jumped up to 300 every year after yeah. that. So it's pretty ridiculous. And the and the underrated thing for you, Ben, at the moment that um, has happened with Derrick Henry is he's catching catching balls. He's had yeah. four or five targets a game, which is which is monstrous for a guy that rushes as much as he does to get involved in the passing game. It's been huge. I know um, Darrington Evans isn't. I think he's on IR still, but um, the fact they don't really have anyone else in the running game, so well, he, had 30, um, he just gets he gets a lot. Thirty targets in total last year. He's already had fifteen this year in four yeah, weeks. So. Yeah. Very nice. Yeah, very, very, very nice. But um, going back to this game, I, I suppose enough. it was a bit of an under underwhelming week from a few of your receivers, Ben, and also I note Miles Gaskin just the two carries <sighs> in that one. I don't know it what was, happened there. I, I think don't know he what had happened. Thirteen there. or fourteen the week before. He, um, he had then, that at before halftime, and then I don't know. They just benched him for the whole game. It was the weirdest thing for someone who's yeah, had I, a decent workload for the whole season so far to just basically be put on ice. I don't know. I was very yep. confused. And and they um they used a bit more Malcolm Brown, I believe, in that one. So um it was a bit bit bizarre. But um I tell you what, come come with the, the Moz each and every week and I he's know. gone back to it this week. We'll get to that. But he's gone back to it this week. He did we'll, we'll just note that he did ask for is there any chance that Ben can put up a sub one thirty? What does he put up? One twenty seven point nine six. Got his wish there. Mm-hmm an interesting stat off the back of this one, Camo and Camo noted this uh, to me, just, just slid into my DMs and noted this one. He was pretty happy with himself in a way. Um, but Camo's 0-2 against the DFF. The only, as we know, the only franchise the DFF's got a victory against. But he's 2-0 and against the Park City Lions. And he, he referred to them as the Park City Bunnies to me. <laughs> so he's he's up and about the, the big fella. He reckons it's uh, just uh, easy pickings against the Park City Lions. But that's an interesting one. Um, and he does note that don't write off the Sonny Weaver Junior Division. We're coming. And uh, I just want to respond to that by saying, you had one win this week, mate, and it was yourself. So just keep it in your pants. <laughs> we are coming. That's all they need, Ooh. mate, to make the playoffs. Just one one win every week for the division. That's all it needs. <laughs> well, that's true. And just a couple of last points here. I will mention that um, the D's won the flag. Um, so we'll just pop that one in. 
So good analysis from Camo. But the final point's an interesting talking point. I know he's very, very excited about this man, but Justin Herbert is almost as good as Patrick Mahomes. What are what are our thoughts, please? Um, I think he's I think he's almost as good as Patrick Mahomes. Wow. Yeah, no, he was very impressive in that first half. He died away in the second, but you got to be pretty happy. One, as a Chargers fan, but two, as the owner of Herbert as well. I mean, he paid to get him, but the fact that he's returning that favour is looking pretty nice for Camo. Give it a give it a year or two, and he could be just the absolute number one QB. There's absolutely a world where that's the case. The absolute tits. <laughs> All right. Hod, next game. Sorry, I was just admiring Katie there with his with his tits, uh, with his beautiful mud liners. <laughs> Very happy with that he was. All right, speaking of Katie and his tits, the grouse one seventy two <laughs> defeated the DFF one thirty one. I cannot believe I'm saying the DFF one thirty one. Both of these franchises peaked in the same week with their best score ever recorded. Uh, Steph, obviously very happy with where he is at. Uh, a bit more to come on that a little later in one of the other segments. But um, Franchise record for the DFF, we mentioned, uh, and that's only with three touchdowns from his skill position players. So this begs a question. Is that a, a compliment from you, Keeney, to the DFF? That this I'm gobsmacked. Well, I credit where credit's due. Uh, he had a very good week and... We all know that he's up and about and very confident in his his team's ability to play the long game. But uh, you know, when he has a when he has a franchise record week, I think I think that's worth noting. Well, you you mentioned it. Credit where credit's due. I'll bring it real uh, down real quick because Cole Komet watch six yards, taking his tally up to fifty nine total for the first four weeks. That's another one. Keeney decided to slide in there. Um, <laughs> But also, we mentioned it a bit before, but uh, Kyle Pitts and Calvin Ridley, it's it's been a little disappointing so far, year to date. Uh, the whole Atlanta offense has been, unless you have Cordial Patterson. Um, <laughs> but yeah, they'd be, they'd be pretty disappointed with Arthur Smith coming over. He was supposed to be this offensive guru, uh, had a lot of success in Tennessee last year. Um, but yeah, a lot left to be desired there for those two boys. Hopefully for you, Keeney. Well, it won't be Ridley this week, but um, Ben, you got something there? I was just going to say, do you reckon Arthur Smith came in and just like looked at the offense and pointed to Cordial Patterson and said, you just play like Derrick Henry and then pointed to Calvin Ridley and said, you play like AJ Brown a bit there. And like, is that his strategy? I know he's come in as an offensive guru, but he also hasn't got the same stock in running back position. I yeah, I yeah. got no no answers for that offense. I, I think also Matt Ryan is a little bit of an issue. I don't think he's been uh, airing it out one bit. No. Uh, what do you think on that, Keeney? No, I was just going to say it's it's completely frustrating. But if you told me that Matt Ryan had four passing passing touchdowns against Washington, I would have been like you beauty. But three went to Cordial and one went to Mike fucking <laughs> Davis. All running backs. They're all like, little dump off me. screens as well. So there, there's your answer, Ben. He still very much has Derek Henry in yeah. his game plans. It's just via the air. Um, now, let's move on to what's we got in Steph a little bit uh, last week because he gave us not much, and I'm not sure if that's through choice or just his limited brain capacity, but he's raised it this week, <laughs> and he's given us a bit of content. It's not the content that you may have heard in my 
review, but it's definitely improved. So bear with me here. Sam Darnold, Keeney, is a top five quarterback. Enough said. Haters going to hate, but I warned you all. <laughs> He's already putting the crown on. I think there is a bit more on uh, Sammy D to come later. What was that? No, no. I was just going to say I love when people use the line, haters going to hate. Yeah. <laughs> really it's, uh, really rams the point home, doesn't it? Puts fear into everyone. Uh, does anyone want to put anything less than 170 up against me? Getting ridiculously unlucky. Uh, is, yeah, that's, is it Papa or Steph talking there? Usually that's what Papa brings to the table, getting unlucky. But 130 points ain't bad, he reckons. No, it's very good for the DFF. We just alluded to that. But he reckons that's from that's with his first four picks sitting on the pine. Just watch and learn. Another rim rattler comment by the DFF. <laughs> I'll teach you a thing or two about how to build a roster. I can't have Scoot and Papa bragging about their wins with no return for these wins. Good on them for failing down the stretch. Let's see what they do when they have limited quarterbacks soon. Will be a fall from grace like no other. Scoot has a bottom three roster. Bang. Ooh. And he will be picking at the end of the first round. Congratulations, mate. So he's turned your review, a real positive game, into an absolute slugfest with Papa and Scoot. He doesn't like the Cowboys. What do you think, boys? <laughs> I was just going to say that the insults from from the DFF the best. The the absolute confidence he has is uh, stunning. But the, the my favourite part is... Uh, Scoot has a bottom three roster and he will be picking at the end of the first round. Clearly doesn't understand he doesn't have his own first round pick, but that's uh, that's, that's okay, DFF. Don't worry about it. Absolutely. Ben, did you, did you uh, have something on this battle? This battle, I mean, you kind of get a bit of insight into Steph as to when he does these notes. So clearly this is on the back of him having a verbal stoush with Papa and uh, Scoot on our <laughs> messenger because he's just completely forgotten who he was playing in this game and just gone whack for those two. I, I take it back though, Hod. I said you were the Tom Brown-like reporter of this league. Steph's notes here just scream of a Tom Brown tweet. Just just thought after thought. There's just no punctuation. It's just i got to get it all out in one go. It's uh, it's very overwhelming to read, but he's, uh, he's an overwhelming person to have in our league, so it's very appropriate. Let's move on to our final game here. We had it pegged as match of the round, um, and in terms of how close it was, I suppose you could argue that it, it lived up to the hype, but in terms of overall output, both teams would be pretty disappointed. It was the straight cash homies scoring 123 and being defeated by OJ's legal team, 128, uh, both... Both rosters that I think Timos' team, everyone had as high flyers at the start of the season. I think Jake's just absolutely flying under the radar and probably wants to keep it that way. But sorry, Jake, going to out your team here. You are traveling very nicely with only one loss um, one loss on the season, which means he's equal first in record in that division. And his team, points-wise, is going very nice. There's not a lot I can take away from what um, Tim and Jake offered. One, because Tim just put... Dick as his one point, so that's fair enough. Um, not sure what that could be referring to, whether it's himself, his team, Jake, I don't know. Uh, Jake's doubled down again saying Tim, Team Tim84 is a pretender. Um, just a reminder, Timos, if you are listening, change your fucking team name. What, uh, this is going to be an ongoing segment. He has got here Heineke, Heineke or Heineken as we like to call him. He's, uh, he's a confirmed baller. And looking at his stat line, he's put up 27.9 points. For a waiver wire pickup, we spoke about him last week, said 
about the uh, the overs that he's getting or off what he invested in him. Absolutely. I did watch a bit of that game. There was some pretty lucky plays, I think, that Heineken put out there. He did just launch it at one point into the end zone as he was getting put on his ass into a sea of defenders. But uh, t- Scary Terry just plucked it from the sky and saved him there. So, um, you know, those sort of throws go the other way and his stat line doesn't look as impressive. But... At the same time, throw it up to your playmakers and let them make plays. I don't mind that strategy from a fantasy standpoint because sometimes I think QB's played a bit too safe. Hod? Oh, he's borderline QB1 on the year and he missed half the game in that first week. Yeah. So he is balling out. Uh, he he reminds me a bit of Gardner Minshew, just that smaller quarterback, gunslinger mentality, puts up quite a bit of fantasy points. But... It's that age-old question. He's an un, uh, yeah. He'll be an unrestricted free agent, and and organisations don't typically hold on to them. So it will be interesting to see if they if he keeps this form up and they commit to him long term, or whether uh, I've been looking at a few mock drafts. No irony there, given where <laughs> I'm at. But um, a lot of a lot of the mock drafts have Washington taking a quarterback pretty early in next year's draft. So yeah. Definitely one to watch, but he's balling out, as Jake mentions. That's it. And uh, the irony, I suppose, as well, is he's got a bit of a mentality similar to Fitzpatrick, who he's replaced through injury as well. And just that gunslinging mentality doesn't sort of overthink where he's putting the ball and just throws it up for his players to make plays. rest of this game wasn't much to talk about here. Najee looked pretty good. Zeke's having a very nice season. He's started pretty slow, but come back, put up another 20. Zach Moss came in for Timos. Uh, got a touchdown off 14 carries, so he's got to be pretty happy with that. But Will Fuller uh, just broke his finger off two uh, targets and scored a 1.1, so he'll probably be up in trades, no doubt. Um, yeah, and I suppose for Timos, you know, he, he's heavily relying on someone like Kyler Murray to give him monster scores, and he put up a 22, so when he's putting up sort of your, your good baseline QB scores, he needs the rest of his team to stand up, which didn't really happen this week. Uh, so let's move on now. Let's see if any of these have an effect on our power rankings. And with our power rankings, I'll start with that bottom third rent here. And uh, no surprises, the humdingers after another loss. It was a decent score, but you're still sitting there 0-4 at that number 12 spot. No movement. DFF sitting there at 11. He's just cementing that 11 spot. He's really making it his own even after his 131, but he'll be looking for a win and hoping to move up there. Scoot and the Bayside Executioners staying there at number 10 with 1-3 and three on the season, so they get their first win but stay in the same spot, which is no surprise because of the low score in achieving that win. And uh, moving down and joining this bottom third, it's a little bit of a free-fall each week for this team. The Gym City Stallions, he'll be looking for Cordial Patterson to hopefully get him out of there for next week. So uh, we'll move into the middle one, Keeney. We will. The middle third, uh, number eight, we've got Johnny Unitas haircuts. And unfortunately, we will touch on his uh, injury to Russell Wilson. This may be as high as he goes for this year. But uh, currently at number eight, a rise of one position from last week. And then the next three have just been stabilised. We've got the San Diego Demons at seven, OJ's legal team at six, and the straight cash homies in at number five. I tell you what, um, Jake at three and one, maybe a little bit stiff to be number six here. Um, mm. Just for mine, going under the radar very, very nicely. The defending champ only dropped the one game, scoring really nicely. I think third or fourth in points scored. So 
Um, the league may not have caught on to that, but um, I think he likes it that way. So good on him. Speaking of under the radar, uh, this is very, very well under the radar. And while we're on the topic of the middle third rent, I believe someone may have had the DFF in the middle third rent on no. their power rankings. Uh, can you confirm or deny this, Ben? I can confirm that the what? highest ranking the DFF got this week in the power rankings was number seven. So <laughs> in the interest of the Empire Modesty League, would you like to air out some dirty laundry on another segment? I reckon uh, a lot of people can put two and two together and figure out who might have had the bit of hubris to think of the DFF at number seven. Uh, uh, yeah. I reckon he might have uh, put his power rankings in as he was putting in those notes for the other game. Very, <laughs> very passionate he was. Keeney, I can see something on the tip of your tongue there. Well, I just, I just, can't, I just can't handle it, to be honest. He's 2-15 and 15 <laughs> in this league. And he reckons he's he's one spot outside of a playoff berth. And he's just a reminder, Owen four this year. Old Owen. He put up hundred and thirty. How can you how can you possibly put yourself above five teams in this league? Dunno, he's he's well, a fascinating well, person to get into the mindset of. I can I can answer that. It's the power of love and he loves himself. That's what it is. <laughs> now let's move on to the most important third run. The blokes who are punching out some absolute scores. But someone who didn't punch out some scores has actually dropped two spots. Will he be angry? Will he be angry? Or will he be angry? Pappas Punishers come in at number four after their lousy week four, uh, down two spots. Up goes the Prestige Worldwide, up to three. And we have a little bit of a change up the top here. It's two of the very own pod members the Park City Bunnies, I mean Lions, have gone Ooh. down to two. Maybe when he regains the top spot, they can become more of a Lion again. And the Grouse, Keeney, you've moved up after your best score in the history of your history up to pole position. Give us some thoughts, mate. How do you feel? Well, it's certainly better. I think I was number 11 most of the year last year, so it's certainly better than sitting there. Um, what do they say? Act like you've been there before. Um, look, I very obviously very happy, very early on in the season. But I will remind myself and others that uh, you could argue I've played the bottom third in the uh, season thus far. I haven't really, and with all respect to the opponents I've faced, I haven't really faced what I would see as a challenger this year. So um, I, I would expect to be four and zero at this point, and I am. So that's good. Well, yeah, the record is one thing. I think records are a byproduct of fortune in fantasy it's you can't control the other team and their given score but your points for are through the roof and you're dishing out consistency in that regard ben i'll mm. give you some air time how are you feeling after being demoted from top spot which you've held for the whole season i think it's absolutely justified i've put out sub 130s the last two weeks um you know and that's going under i know projections are a just sort of a rough guide. But yeah, my team's underperformed the last two weeks, so I think that's fair. And Keeney's the only undefeated team. I think that's absolutely justified. But an interesting takeaway, like looking at everyone's power rankings, it is very, very tight and very, very close. And Keeney and I were having a look at this. There's there's actually sort of tear breaks that are happening. So only two points separated Keeney and I in that one-two spot. Then there's a bit of a break. And then two points separated 
Prestige Worldwide and the Punishers. Then there's a bit of a tier break and then two points separating the homies and the legal team. So there's just some chunks happening there. Um, yeah, which just means that the, I have a feeling that that top six is just going to fluctuate each week, which makes for a very interesting power ranking. It's good when there's a bit of change happening each week. Well, I mean, it's no coincidence you two hold your own little tier after last week's uh, episode. We just let the listeners in on how they're planning to spend their cash and trophies over the next 10 years. Kiss off, Hod. We we had to sit back for a whole year of this podcast and just listen to you and your (laughs) dinger head gloat. While we sat at the bottom there, now it's our time to shine, mate. <laughs> the, the, the tides have turned for sure. I I think you hit the nail on the head, Ben. I think it's it's pretty, it's very very close. Yeah, uh, especially in the top four or five, it's so close. And by the time the divisional games roll around, this could the 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 playoffs could just um, you know change at any moment um, with a couple of losses here, a couple of wins there. Um, so it's, it's wide open for mine. That's it. When buys start to come in, when injuries start to really impact on teams' performances, it's going to, I don't know, I think we'll, we'll really be waiting until all those division games to get a true feel of sort of where everyone is. So let's move on now, shall we, to our previews. Oh, well, I said it with all due respect. That, no, that doesn't mean you get to say whatever you want to say to me. It sure, sure as heck does. No, no it doesn't it's mean that. It's in the that. Geneva Convention. Look it up. And our week five previews uh, using our results and projections on Sleep are brought to you by Urban Myers Magic School. Learn how to make your digits disappear today. Uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll kick it off with the first game, which is the... Abracadabra. Haircuts and the punishes. <laughs> Hod, kick it off. I don't know where to kick it off after that. You know it's a good sponsor when the man dropping it has to pause for a few seconds just to let it process a little bit. But... Um, I will preview. Man, I've got Papa again. Uh, Johnny Unitas haircuts at two and two take on the punishers, and uh, we. I, I do like. I was going to ask it earlier. Do you like this Saturday morning time slot, boys? Just gives us a bit of info after the Thursday night game. We're high on coffee, and we we know how much Keeney likes coffee. We need to get that sound grab at mm. some point, but he loves a little sniff. Um, <laughs> But yeah, Russell Wilson injured uh, yesterday, yeah. which is a disaster start for Manny this week, uh, punching out a nine-pointer because he exited early. But now looking forward, he only has Benny Roth left on his uh, in his quarterback room to roll out week to week. So um, is this a blessing in disguise for Manny in his quest for 2023 and beyond? What do you think, boys? I think the beauty of when you set yourself up for worrying more about where you finish in draft stock as opposed to wins. Having an injury like this doesn't obviously impact you as much. So, yeah, I mean, the fact that our bottom six is determined by potential points, um, losing one of your best scoring players for the year or for a large chunk of the year, that's that's only going to help Manny with his draft stock. So, yeah, I think he'll be quietly happy with that. Spot on. Um, and it's an interesting talking point because... It you know it's pretty clear. Well, not clear, but um, we're rolling with this tank for 2023. I'll see you there, Manny. You and me, trophy. Uh, but this is one game he would love to win uh, against Papa, owning his first round pick next year. So it's a little conflicting for him and the sensible haircuts. But upset alert possibly here with a motivated Manny at the at the helm. Ben, I just I'm having a look here. 
Matty's done the unthinkable. He he got eight points out of uh, Brandon Bolden last week, and he's benched him for a bit of Piran. So just there you go. No love. No love for uh, what Bolden's just, done just for this franchise. Took an absolute Piran on Bolden's face. <laughs> That's terrible. Um, now, we'll move on to Papa because he loves the airtime. Uh but he has been stern with his squad after last week's piss-poor effort. Within the camp, they feel like redemption will reign supreme this week, and he sends his condolences to Manny and the haircuts. But in saying this, let's let's give our take on this. Where there is smoke, there is fire. And Papa's silence, which we alluded to earlier, has been heard loud and clear, and I can definitely feel his anxiety levels going up against who he quotes is the best wide receiver room in the league. We can't argue that, can we, boys? It's a pretty solid unit Manny has there. Yep, definitely. I think uh, Keeney, you'd be you'd be a pretty close second, possibly. Um, yep. Or if Debo keeps heating up, or you never know. Mm. Um, but speaking of Stern, Papa has put the greatest tight end of all time, and I am. There's another um, bloody tidbit for you there, Keeney. I think he will go down as that uh, on notice. Bit rough considering his weekly floor. He's provided the punishes over the last 15 games. Uh, but if he does put in another poor outing, perhaps Papa might head over to the enriched tight end room of the Dingers, which is oozing with talent, size, and points to burn. Do you think I'll get a call up if Kelsey disappoints two weeks in a row? Jesus, you're up and about with your tight end room. I've never seen anything like it. Tell you who's up and about. Papa loves Big Mo Alley Cox. That's who's up and about. So he might come calling, but uh, there we have it. I'll just give you the stats to finish this preview. We've got uh, 86% in favour. The app has Papa winning. Um, pretty solid points differential. Uh, he's 26 points ahead on the weekly projection, uh, 149 to 123. And the league thinks pretty similarly with an 83% advantage to Papa. Who have we got next? Keeney. Yep. I've got the Prestige Worldwide against your good self-hod, the Hum Dingers. Uh, once again, thanks to Urban's Magic School, learn how to make your digits disappear. Uh, that's at a 95% probability for Thais in this one. Um, the league thinks it's going to be 100%. So, Hod, you're not even backing yourself in there? No, I thought long and hard about it. And um, no. Fair enough. Well, it is the three and one. Uh, Prestige Worldwide against the winless Humdingers this week. Uh, we have Josh Allen alert. We, we like to touch on Joshy Washy um, and where he's at this year. QB8 currently on the season. I tell you what, he's he's had a tough year. He's had to deal with a bit of wind and then last week a little bit of precipitation. So, um, you know, that's a pretty tough start to the year for Josh. We'd just like to hope, hope it just a bit more smooth sailing from here on out. Um, look, I think it's fair to say that uh, both of these teams put in, you know, similar kind of reviews for their week this week. Um, we'll touch on Matt's points first. And that was, how much will I beat this poly waffle by? So that was, that was informative in as, as in ever. Depth, that one. What's, in depth. What's a poly waffle? Well, uh, you apparently. Chocolate uh, bone. Yeah, it's a lovely little treat. Uh <laughs> Scrumptious. I'm not not sure why he's uh, saying that's I, what you I, are. I appreciate, I appreciate your thoughts, Katie. <laughs> on your hybrid. 
But uh, delicious. I tell you what, ladies and gents, I can reveal Hod's up and about. Listen to some of this. You, you reckon he wrote a thesis on the preview? Wait for the on the review. Can, sorry, wait for the preview. Well, can I just jump in there? This sets the bar, surely. These blokes don't understand that the doc is there for you to give us some insights into what happened in the week and pump up your players, boys. This is the forum, the platform. Put them out there. Get some notice on them so that we want to trade for them. Jesus. I like it. I like it. Yep, it's an open forum and you can use it to your advantage if you're smart about it. Well, Hod, uh, Hod rightfully is asking, can the Dingers continue their form against the Prestige Worldwide? Now, he put up a big 126 last week, and that just Huge. has got him feeling kind of the tingles in the loins and just really excited for an upset here. He's got some motivation. But then he had a look at the little matchups here and noted that eight out of his 10 starters have a little bit of green around them uh, at the old Dingers headquarters, but... Thais, just just four out of ten in the green sort of favorable matchup setup. So this looks like a classic situation of a talent v situation <laughs> battle in this one. What are you laughing at, Hod? You're a sniff, mate. Don't don't give up just yet. Oh, because you can't read the prompter. <laughs> I can, oh. mate. I, it's fine. It's it's a classic one, mate. Where you know the matchups might be favorable for you. And Thais might have a bit of talent, but don't count yourself out just yet, mate. Look, uh, it's very interesting. We look at what the Prestige Worldwide has done here. He's rolled out a couple of Bengali, not one, but two, Jamar Chase and T Higgins, which is quote-unquote interesting in its own self here, stacking both of them against his own cheese head. So what does that tell you? about Thais's confidence in their secondary. That's uh, probably the big talking point, Hod, and I'm glad you've noted it. Um, and now he's starting to pump the Jets a little bit here, ladies and gents. The two starting QBs, Dak and Josh. And yes, we are on a first-name basis with Josh on this podcast after he continues to slide into Krista's DMs. I'm filthy with him. <laughs> Hopefully he but, hasn't uh, uh, he... invested in Urban Meyer's Magic School <laughs> lessons. <laughs> Shit. That would be awkward. <laughs> oh, yeah. I oh, will have to rein him in. But uh, speaking of rain, uh, but Hod reckons they could indeed outscore the whole of the Dingers lineup this week. But uh, I don't know if that's a little reverse moz or not. But um, we've, as we touched on, we've touched on Josh and, and how he needs it really pristine. So all eyes will be on the weather forecast down at Arrowhead on Sunday night. If the skies do remain clear and the winds die down, the end zone might not be the only place Josh Allen slides into on Monday afternoon. That's outstanding from you, Hod. See, I love how you've put a fair bit of effort into that. That is, uh, that is really outstanding. Look, I'm going to have to tip the Prestige Worldwide in this one, but, geez, you've made a compelling case that your boys are up and about for this contest, Hod. I like it. Well, <laughs> I, I, I had a lot of fun with that because you... You could have just read it all out word for word, but I know you folks don't like doing that. And your attempt on the, this looks like a classic situation versus talent battle. I don't know what you ended up with. You said this looks like a classic situation versus talent versus situation. Oh, God. That is gold. And you didn't, you didn't finish the end off here because we are, we are very appreciative of our sponsors. And obviously last week we had a very... Very important one, the ditcher quick and hide. And boy, wowee, if 
if the weather is pristine Sunday night, Monday our time, you might be getting, they might be getting a call from one of the hosts before, um, a little sooner than anyone could have ever su- suspected by you there, Keeney. So. <laughs> get, get it out, Junior. Jesus. Oh, I'm excited. This this is what content does, everybody. It, it gets you up and about. You put a bit of thought into it. You can rattle the hosts. It's great. <laughs> Absolutely, Cam. Uh, before we move on to the next game, uh, do you want to run through what the league thinks of this matchup? Oh, you did, didn't you? Oh, yeah. No love for Hod. Yeah, no. Nah. So, no, therefore, we, we know who we all picked. Magic school. That's right. Uh, all right, let's move on to our next game, which is the Grouse versus the Stallions. Grouse, the only team sitting at 4-0 against the 1-3 and three Stallions. So, as Keeney puts it, a few banged-up uh, members for the Grouse team here. Mixon dealing with an ankle injury. Ridley's a definite out because he hasn't travelled. Uh, Thomas, AJ Brown, hopefully back. Uh, I think he will play. So, that's very good news for your wide receivers there. But... I suppose, like you've put here, how long can Cordial Patterson continue to deliver? He's put up five TDs and is currently sitting as RB3. I think with Ridley not travelling, then his good fortunes may continue this week because simply there's just going to be more targets to share there. Um, And just another point here that Keeney just likes to bring up. Keeney owns Jim's first and second rounders in 2022. So it's in his best interest to send the Stallions to a 1-4 and four record here because he'll get the direct returns there. Jim's thoughts on this matchup, he thinks it will be a bit toiter than everyone expects. And yes, he did write toit just like his cordial Patterson prediction because he's got cordial will dominate again. So Jim's all over it. He loves this bloke. And uh, he's got, he thinks that surely Yukini will roll out Lindsay this week. Bit of Philip Lindsay in the Lindsay Bowl. Where is Lindsay? Whose roster is he on these days? No, he's not mine. He's still on? Okay. Felipe. Yeah, Felipe. Excellent result there. Uh, All right, just some quick thoughts here on the matchup. There's already been some scores put up. So, Keeney, yourself, you've already started with a 16.5 from Stafford. He had a bit of a... Didn't he have a hand injury as well at some point in that game? What was the go there? Yeah, he did. It it was pretty minor. Yeah, he threw for a bunch of yards, but... Not, a, it not actually, enough tutties for my liking. He actually started off horrendously. Yeah, he was totally. overthrowing receivers, and then I think the hand injury woke him up a bit. So there you go. Yeah, quite the opposite to Russ. Much like uh, Urban Meyer. And Tyler Higbeast, the import for the Stallions, put up a nice 9.4. Just two targets, both caught for 14 yards and a touchdown. Doesn't need a lot of action and still putting up a decent scoreline there. So that's how it started off. The league has this game. Sorry, Keeney, did you want to add something? No, I was just going to say a really good result considering Stafford threw for one touchdown and it went to went to yeah, So that's true. That was a really good result for Jim. Absolutely. And um, yeah, so the league's got this game 8% picking Jim. So that looks like one person's backed him in. I haven't even looked at who that one person is. I'll assume it's Jim since he thinks this game's going to be a bit tighter. Or I reckon he'll back himself in. Uh, and Sleeper's got this much closer. Only four points right now separate you guys. Uh, no, four points did separate you guys before uh, we jumped on this pod. And I reckon Keeney since has moved old Ridley out and moved in a few pieces like maybe AJ Brown. So now that's bumped up to what was a 55% chance to Keeney. is now bumped up to an 80% chance Tikini there, 151 projections to a 129. And he's very happy with himself. Look at that smirk. 
He is. That's a live on air flex if I've ever seen one. He knew it was coming. He knew it was coming because when I said four points, I just saw this little Cheshire grin just uh, plaster across his face there. So very happy with his work there. No, no, no. All right, let's uh, let's go to the next game, Hod. Well, before I do, I just want to uh, touch on one of your players there, Keeney. I might uh, deflex your flexing for a moment, but Kyle Pitts, uh, I know you've said he's a tight end. They take a little while, but if there is a week for him to come on, this is the one. Um, Calvin Ridley out. Oh, let's actually talk about that. Do you think that's a good thing or a bad thing? Um, oh, look, I think he should be getting double-digit targets, you'd think. Because um, targets haven't been the issue. He's, nah, well, no, I mean, right. he's had close to seven a game. Um, but you would hope that now he can be the focal point of the passing attack this week against the Jets, D, that I don't think is well known for their um, secondary. But, uh, yeah, you'd be looking for him to really shine this week, I would have thought, over in London. Yeah, he does his best work in London. So I would expect the same this week. What, what work does anyway. he do? Uh, you'll find out. That's a real DFF-like um, answer there from you, Keeney. <laughs> um, yes, very business-like. Now, the Bayside Executioners at 1-3, and three, fresh off a win, take on Team 84 at 2-2. Two and two, <laughs> And it was a solid start for Timos and the, the cash homies with uh, Metcalf getting two touchdowns for 24 points. Uh, I was actually interested by this. That Ramsey doesn't follow receivers around like I thought, uh, like the old days where they just take them in every different position. He, it was very much zone. So Metcalf got loose for two touchdowns um, and another big catch. I think that one actually was on Ramsey, but the two touchdowns definitely weren't. So, yeah, Timos will take that one, but what he won't take is CMC out again. So test, testing the depth there for uh, Timos and the squad. But a huge headline for this matchup is the recently acquired or traded or however you look at it for these two men. But Elijah Mitchell, he will be very keen to show the straight cash homies what he gave away. And uh, I'll just, while we're talking about it, talk talk to Scoot's point here, um, saying he'll be really happy when Mitchell is the difference uh, between this matchup and that he can't believe Timos traded him, Elijah Mitchell, for Cody Kessler. So just setting the bar extremely high there, uh, Scoot is, for Kellen Mond. But uh, we'll continue with Scoot's points. What a battle of the two benches uh, before I do, Ben. Well, when when we started the show off and you were doing the notes for injuries and trades, I said, surely there was a trade that went down last week and you guys confirmed that there wasn't. But wasn't that the trade? It only happened six days ago. Mitchell for Mond. Yep. There you go. Anyway. Carry on. Uh, we'll, we'll carry on. Um, so, yeah, the battle of the two benches, Scoot phrases this one as, if Tim can pull himself away, just be careful, explicit rating there, from looking at himself in the mirror, he might see a good contest. And uh, Tim should be less concerned about losing to me and more about being kicked out of the league by Keeney for lack of effort in the group chat. So there's a little whack. Timos not bringing much to the table, he reckons. Bit, uh, who, who was that for? Was that Presty? Yeah, yeah, old Presty. Um, and Timos, uh, in usual fashion, when when Keeney doesn't fill in his notes, he's come to the table with just shut up, Scoot. So uh, it's like he before. it's like he already anticipated the Scoot was just going to have a really big <laughs> whack, 
And it, yeah. that's all he put in there. Just shut up, Scoop. Yeah, um, no, I did have did have a stern talking to Timos. I think circumstances uh, didn't allow him to put some content in, but please, ladies and gentlemen, and I say ladies and gentlemen, uh, give us some content for these previews and reviews. It would be much appreciated. Keeney, on to the next. Yep, uh, two to go. We've got the San Diego Demons at two and two, making a charge uh, against OJ's legal team, the three and one OJ's legal team now. Again, one more time, thank you to Urban's Magic School Learn How to Make Your Digits Disappear. This one's actually fascinating. The uh, Urban's got this at 66% for the legal team, and so do the league members. So in agreement here that this is a two-thirds, one-third sort of operation in this one, I think it'll be nice and tight and a nice little league matchup here. Pretty stiff not to be match of the round for mine, this one, but um, looking forward to it. We spoke about the value that uh, Jake's getting out of Taylor Heineke and just how nice a fantasy option he's uh, he's become for him. And I'll tell you what, personally, he's he's resorted to sending me some Instagram clickbait about the big fella. And uh, that's how excited he is. He, he's he's all aboard the uh, the Heineken train. So good on him. But a, a very respectful preview here from, from both parties. Um, you know, Camo, Camo saying he's got full respect for the inaugural champ here. No real bad mouthing to be seen. Um, but he's he's back to his old tricks, Camo, let's be honest. He's just said, take OJ in the eliminator. He's an absolute moral. So I think he's, <laughs> he's I feel like that's worked the last couple it's of weeks worked for, for him. him definitely. Gone back to the well. Um, and, and look, Jake's, Jake's first comment is telling he's, Camo's my only real friend in this league. So, Godspeed to Camo. <laughs> I think that's telling. Not not too many friends, but... The um, fantasy gods? Well, yeah, that's probably his... I would have thought that's his number one friend, isn't it? But... Um, <laughs> and and we've actually got the... We've seen this before, but we've actually got the Duble Mose on this one with Jake coming back with, I wish the Demons nothing but the best. No doubt the biggest score in franchise history is coming up. So, they're both Turn on the up. same path. They're both... Little bum, I think these two are little bum buddies that we don't know about, but um, they're clearly both happy with what uh, each other are bringing to the table. As you said, Hod, we've uh, we've got the the benefit of hindsight here, or the benefit of knowing what happened in that Seattle versus the Rams game, and and Jake the Snake had Tyler Lockett. He scored eight point two, but boys, that could have been a twenty eight point two if if things went his way. I think he was overthrown or dropped a few massive TD opportunities there. So uh, probably come out fortunate to escape the Friday night game with just an eight-point deficit. Um, just going to go a little off topic there, but you mentioned bum buddies. There seems to be some partnerships forming in this league. Mm. We've got we've got our very own here with Papa. That's that's well documented. Now we've got Jake and Camo uh, looking to form a little bond here. Kenny, who's yours out of interest? Uh, I don't know. Maybe, maybe Camo, because we trade a lot. So and that's that's two bum buddies for Camo. Yeah, well, he's he's almost all filled up, isn't he? Oh, leisure suit Larry often was, but I will I will say <laughs> I will. Uh, I reckon I'm going to claim a topical bum buddy um, on this show, and that's Urban. Me and Urban can <laughs> team up, and that's who's going to be along my side for the rest of this journey. But uh, both, yeah, both 0 and four, so that works. 
<laughs> we've got a lot of similarities actually. But um, both make it about yourself, so that works. <laughs> I will. Uh, while we're on this game, though, um, I did want to raise one player um, on Camo's squad, Juju. There's some serious concerns here. He's the 59 wide receiver, 59 on the year. Um, Benny Roth is a huge concern. We we can't uh, cover that up, but he's he's almost getting seven targets a game. It's it's pretty healthy considering the plethora of receivers they've got. Um, but the yards per target is horrendous, uh, and he's never been that big touchdown machine. So, what are your thoughts on Juju, boys? Um, it's not not ideal where he's sitting at the moment for the demons. No, I think I think you nailed it. Just in terms of the actual air yards he's getting, it's all line of scrimmage sort of stuff. It's little dink and dunks. And yes, he may be getting, you know, seven to 10 targets, but just not racking up anything overly meaningful. Um, I'd probably like to apologize to any Juju Smith-Schuster owners. Um, you know, obviously after he had a great rookie year, I think he was wide receiver 15 after his rookie year. And then his, his second year, he, he bumped that up to wide receiver eight. And I thought Sky was the limit for Juju. Antonio Brown left. Obviously, um, Operation Juju is in full effect. And since that moment, <laughs> he has been Operation Poo Poo. And <laughs> it has been no good for the Juju. And yeah, it's, it's, it's concerning, isn't it? Well, yeah, concerning for the people who trade for him, I would have thought. Other, whereas you were still able to um, muster up a nice little package because it's always fun looking back on trades there, Keeney. But uh, yeah. Juju, Juju and Javante Williams. Um, yep. For Scary Terry, there were a few draft picks in there uh, involved as well. But hopefully Javante can pan out for Camo. Otherwise, that is a lopsided trade if I've ever seen one. Yeah, I mean, yeah. And I was still clearly high on him when I, I took him 401 in the startup. So did you, trade, still, did you trade up to that spot as well? Yeah, I reckon yeah. I traded up to take him. Um, he was clearly one of the, because he was a younger receiver, I wanted to try and grab a few younger guys and... Um, yeah, I mean, I probably had a an opportunity to to upgrade him um, at the end of at the end of last year, just because of I probably saw that um, it wasn't a great situation for him. I was more concerned, to be honest, that Claypool had gone past him and they loved Deontay Johnson. So I just I just saw him as almost the third banana in that offense, and then you throw in that Ben Roth's just fallen off a cliff. Um, it's not a great combination. Yep. Now, well, let's move on to our match of the round. And our match of the round this week is the Park City Lions 3-1 and one, taking on the Owen 4 DFF. And some of you might be thinking, how in the world could this be match of the round? But how could it not be when you've got the DFF up and about just... Dropping stats galore in our uh, in our messenger chat, he he's put up a record score, boys, of one hundred and thirty-one, I think it was, and the sky's the limit for uh, the DFF right now. He's just he's got his eyes well and truly set on uh, on just topping that top score each week. So, look, I got to say though, in some of these reviews, um, you know, I'm just reading through Steph's notes here, um, clearly. He's a big believer in Urban Meyer's magic school uh, projections here because his first point is another 160 f***ing 
points projected against me. What's new? However, that has since softened, uh, unlike Urban Meyer, uh, has since softened <laughs> to a 149 with the news of Kittle being doubtful. And sh- boy, did he jump on that because I think that was an instant screenshot the second that that changed. So he's he's watching that Urban Meyer magic school projections extremely close closely and uh yeah i mean it's giving him a decent chance right now he's up to 38 percent chance on the projections and after the thursday night game boy has he uh has he started with a bang he's just gone with 21 from old robbie woods um who did the classic uh disgruntled media you know i'm not getting enough targets blah 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 and then the talking points became about you know will Will Woods receive more looks this way? And he jumped up from averaging about six or seven targets a game to four, uh, yeah, to 14 targets last night or yesterday. So that is a massive jump. Caught 12 of them for 150 yards. So, yeah, start off with a nice 21 there. The greasy wheel gets the oil once again, Benny. Always. It's amazing how often that happens, isn't it? Um, yep. So anyway, that's a nice little start there for the DFF. And, you know, he's got here, he, he's he's a firm believer in his abilities. He says he has enough firepower to win this week. Darnold projected for 18. He thinks it's a joke. Well, uh, Urban Myers helped you out there. He's bumped him up to a hefty 19 there, DFF. So maybe uh, Urban's listening and just thought, you know what, 18, unreasonable. Uh, Steph's seen the Eagles every week, and he says their pass defense is leaky at best. So... He's projecting in Steph's own rankings that Darnold is going to put up 40 burger this week. So um, that's, that is quite large. So if that is to happen, the sky is the limit for the old DFF and the DFF will well and truly strike again. But let's just talk about Sam Darnold for a bit right now. He is the QB5 on the season as it stands. And uh, I think that, you know, Steph's quite humble apparently about Darnold's resurgence this year. As a Panther, um, what's some of the stats that he's rolled out for us? He, he put up his rushing totals. He's up and about for his average scoring this year. And fair enough, because he's gone from uh, having a pretty poor output at QB in uh, the Jets' offense with Gase as his coach, and he has well and truly turned it around. So good on him. That's a nice return for someone who's stuck at it with Darnold there. And, uh, you know, let's talk about another bloke in his lineup who just copped a bit of slack, old Clyde. Ever since Hod, you have gone out on your crystal ball and absolutely knocked Clyde. He's come back and posted some nice scores in 15.9 and 18.4. So is there any players in my team that you want to give a a wake-up call to? Uh, That's a very good point um, by you. But we all heard last week's effort at the crystal ball and we have canned that from my resume (laughs) forever. So, no, there isn't any players that I will reverse Moz on your list. I don't think you need that help. I don't think either of you need that well, help. I don't know. I'm, well, I'm going to call out Odell. Odell, this is your week, mate. You're, uh, I used to watch you religiously when you were a giant. You've, you've come in with high expectations at the Browns, had your typical injuries. This is your week, mate, uh, up and about. But speaking of being this week, we put this as matches around for a reason because, guys, I personally believe that this is the DFF's grand final. You know, we talk about big matchups. This has got to be it. He's he's won two games in his entire existence in this league now. Uh, he's only beaten one team in the San Diego Demons, who 
has subsequently beaten me comfortably both times as well. So he's up and about. He's doing that whole strategy of, well, if I'm if I'm constantly beating Camo and Camo's constantly beating Ben, then I'm a shoe in for this week. And wouldn't it be a scalp for him to take out one of the higher teams, the second team in the power ranking? He's the second last team. I just think, guys, that this has got to be his grand final. And by the way that he's posting about Darnold's stats, by the way that he's posting about Urban Meyer's Magic School sleeper projections, uh, I think he believes his hype. But if it is someone's grand final, what what do you think, guys, would make uh, would just add to someone's grand final? Like, think about what makes a grand final. The atmosphere. What what do you reckon we could we could add to the DFF's life to make this more of a grand final feel? Cheerleaders. Cheerleaders, maybe. What do you reckon, Keeney? Oh, a little bit of uh, entertainment pre-game. Bit of pre-game entertainment. Well, it's funny you say that because I have actually organised some pre-game entertainment for the DFF here because it is his grand final. So I'll let the entertainment do the talking, shall I? Hi, Steph. Mike Brady here. Um, Congratulations on making the finals and I hope you go well this year. This is a good wish from the Empire Dynasty League. Um, and I know you're playing the Park City Lions because I've been told, and you need a bit of a rev up. Well, <clears throat> there's only one way that I can do that. That's through music. But I wish you all the best, and uh, and I hope it's a, a, a great success for you. But congratulations on making the finals. Um, go DFF. Here we go. <laughs> doesn't get you up and about boys i don't know what will for a grand final what are your thoughts there's some, uh, there's some famous words that keeney likes to say outstanding that that was that was amazing uh how's the content that's just risen in the the edl podcast at the minute the great mike brady is on if, if you told me that <laughs> last year that we're going to have mike brady on to wish the dff all the best in a game <laughs> gee whiz Outstanding, isn't it? So, I mean, that's just the type of guests that we can draw in the podcast these days, thanks to our sponsors. Um, But yeah, I just felt that, you know, to give it a true grand final feel, there's no other. I mean, he's synonymous. The synonymous sound of grand final is Mike Brady and just giving the DFF a big rev up there. Just fantastic. Hod? Well, now now I know where (laughs) DFF got the inspiration for his theme song, which he has... Uh, given us one performance before. That was a glowing rendition of it, wasn't it? Oh, he might. I, I'll I'll send it through to Steph. He can have this as his uh, as his new anthem, just to give him a rev up each week. But that concludes our uh, matchups of the round. But we'll we'll finish off today with some overreactions. You can't be serious, man. You cannot be serious. 
And uh, Keeney, I'll throw it to you for some overreactions if you've recovered from our special guest, Mike Brady. Um, I haven't, but uh, I'll, I'll go with it anyway. But I think, look, our overreaction for this week is probably that um, Sam Darnold's probably the best chance to win the MVP out of anyone, um, clearly, based on um, some numbers that we've we've come up with. And in fairness, I think it was the DFF really that came up with the numbers. But look, if we extrapolate um, his his numbers for the start of this year out until the end, we're, we're looking at a 5,000-yard passing season from Sam Darnold. Oof. We're looking at Wowie. 21 passing touchdowns. But more importantly, boys, we're looking at a 21 rushing touchdown season for Sam Darnold. So... It's massive. It's huge, boys. Like the start to his year has been phenomenal, and if he can keep this pace up, as we know he will, um, twenty-one passing touchdowns, twenty-one rushing touchdowns. Um, I just look at kind of the MVP odds right now. I see him at eighty-one dollars, and I think the league needs to jump on this pretty quick, smart. What do you reckon, Hot? What I reckon is, if I know you well, and I think I do, you are building him up to bring him down heavily. Where are you going with this? Don't be silly. cheeky, devil. No, look, what, Keeney, for context, why don't you compare him to another player? Well, that's right. I think, uh, who should we compare him to, though? Like someone um, with similar rushing ability, oh, I guess. Well, so Lamar like jumps Lamar, to mind. Lamar, I guess. Yeah. And let's Lamar, say, yeah, well, ran, and random think, season, maybe 2019. Well, he had a, yeah, he was okay in that year, I think. Well, that's, well, isn't that the year he won the MVP? It was. So if we're right. going to bet M, uh, Sam Darnold to win the MVP, might as well compare it to, to what Lamar did in that year. And, what Look, did he do? Lamar, 3,100 passing yards, much, well short of what much we think Darnold's going to get, 5,000. Yep. Um, 36 passing touchdowns. Don't worry about the passing touchdowns. That's irrelevant. Um, 1,206 rushing yards. It's decent. Oh, don't worry about Darnold. What a Darnold. No, don't worry about We don't have no, an extrapolation no, no. for his rushing yards? We don't, no, we don't have his rushing yards, but we do have his touchdowns. And Lamar only had seven rushing touchdowns that year, and Darnold's going to have 21 I'll repeat it, 21 rushing touchdowns. So now I'm okay. Again, boys, I'm okay with maths, but that's 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 a third, isn't it? A third of the Well, he's touchdowns. basically on track to have three times the season that Lamar had in 2019, the year he won the MVP. And for some unknown reason, he's $81 to win the MVP award. I just I can't keep looking at those odds and just ignore them, boys. I think we need to to gamble responsibly, but load up. And just just truckload that kind of odds. It's ridiculous. It's immoral. Well, forget our weekly punning league. Uh, why don't we just load it all up on this? Yep, I'm for so it. That, that would, I agree. That, that would be a huge collect. What do we got? Thirteen rounds left. So thirteen by twelve. You're you're okay with math, Ben? What's that? Maybe 156. 156 dollars times 81. <laughs> but now you're okay with math, Ben. What's that? Oh, don't, don't throw it that's, man. that's a fair collect. I know it's fun on the weekly punters club, but I'd rather collect that sort of cash when we've got a mm. given, mm. as you've just pointed out. That's well, uh, yeah. that's some outstanding work by you two. Certainty. There's no greater certainty than uh, Darnold continuing those numbers and. Look, just want to give a special thanks this week to, uh, firstly, Urban Myers Magic School. Great sponsor to have on the pod. Anyone who is keen to pick up his online magic course uh, with his number one trick, how to make your fingers disappear, um, get on it today. And a special thanks as well to old Mike Brady, who just really gave that grand final feel for the DFF. Uh, what are your thoughts, Keeney? 
Well, I just can't. Yeah, I can't thank Mike Brady enough. Um, just an, and look, we, me and Hod had no idea that he was going to join us on the podcast, but to have a to have a man like that join us is is really pretty special. And apparently, he's actually um, releasing a new song about um, about the digits and about our sponsor, and it's called Up There Urban. So um, I'm looking forward to that release, Hod. Oh, he has plenty of releases, let me tell you. But um, I, I really do like these uh, little live on-air tricks you're bringing to the table, Ben. Um, you know, they, they do cost the show a fair bit of money, but I'm all for it. And um, what I'm also all for is, boys, Daylight Savings is here. I don't know about you, but it just gets you up and about when it's light. At the, there's light at the end of the day. There's light at the end of the tunnel. Vaccination rates are climbing. Fingers crossed we're opening up soon and as summer rolls in and boy wowee will I be getting my best urban on and hoping the digits disappear into the abyss. So thanks again to Herb and his magic school for sponsoring the show and also for inspiring the younger generation for what to look forward to later in life. So on that note, boys, I'm up and about on your Herb podcast over and out.